everyone, and welcome back to your favorite podcast, Operation History, a podcast where history is more than what you remember. Welcome to November, everyone. This evening, the digital table is full as we have all four hosts and one guest in the house. This evening, we have Derek. Hello. Lauren. Hi. Well, Lauren's not alone. Who's next to you, Lauren? It's my roommate, Ethan. Hello. Hi, Ethan, and welcome on your Operation History debut. <laughs> Are you ready for all kinds of shenanigans? The only kind of shenanigans that I'm willing and ready to get into are the, the type that are related to the knowledge of history of people of the past, present, futures, adjacent. Right. Future? I don't know. We might have to talk later. I want a shot at that crystal ball that you've got in the <laughs> background, but good. Then you're in the right place. We also have David. Good evening, everybody. And you have myself, Maria. So that's enough from me. I'm going to turn this over to Dave as he gets ready to tell us the tale of the 5th of November. Before we get into the 5th of November, I have a little poem for everybody. So close your eyes, imagine, and prepare to be soothed. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason shall ever be forgot. Guy Fawkes and his companions did the scheme contrive to blow the king and parliament all up alive. Three scores barrels lie below to prove old England's overthrown. But by God's providence, him they kicked with a dark lantern, lighting a match, a stick and a stake for King James' stake. If you won't give me one, I'll take two. The better for me and the worse for you. A rope, a rope to hang the Pope. A penneth of cheese to choke him. A pint of beer to wash it down. And a jolly good fire to burn him. Holla boys, holla boys, make the bells ring. Holla boys, holla boys, God save the king. Hip, hip, hooray. So you Add all- a beat to that, man. Add a beat to it. I want to get Limbiscuit to actually cover this, you know? They'll, they'll be the ones to do it. Yeah. My inner- <laughs> My inner 2000s is poking. Anyways, so most of you know the beginnings of that poem. However, you did not hear it all. Um, so I read the rest of it, which is the guy folks and his companions, just the whole, the whole thing. So if you have not guessed it, we're talking about Guy Folks and November the 5th, not the V for Vendetta one. That one's kind of overrated, but the actual one. Um, so close your eyes and put yourself in 17th century England, which is actually currently divided by two major religious factions, the Catholics and the Protestants. I don't know what it is in England about Protestants and Catholics, but they're always at each other's throats. I don't know why. I don't know the whole- That's history. the whole backstory to this story. There's a that's whole the whole thing. There's a, that's a whole big old- <laughs> that's an episode for a different day um this get this anyway never go ahead please so we're gonna pick up with elizabeth the first now elizabeth the first first persecuted catholics she didn't like them this was in response to uh queen mary of scots um 
Elizabeth was a Protestant in this war of, of religion in, the, in, the, in England. When James took over the throne, many hoped that he would reduce the prosecution of Catholicism. They weren't hope, you know, they were hoping for no fines. They were hoping for some religious tolerance. Um, and they didn't get that. <laughs> so um, his wife, Anne of Denmark, of James, converts to Catholicism as well. So there's this huge hope. And there's even rumors that James was going to allow Catholics to practice in the open. Um, however, he quite clearly quashed that pretty quickly. Um, James continued to find and harass Catholics in England. To be fair to King James, he was almost killed seven other times. He was actually almost kidnapped a few times as well. So, you know, James, while not I agree, I get his point of view with being annoyed when hearing that word. Um, while those attempts had failed, there was, when Parliament was supposed to reopen, which was November the 5th in, in the 17th century, originally there were five people who want to kill the kill the king in parliament. His parliament is made up mostly of Protestants. So if you limit, so if you eliminate the Protestants, then Catholicism can rise again and could, you know, we can have to tolerance. Um, so in 1605, Guy Fawkes along with Robert uh, Catsby, Tom Wintour, Jack Bright and Percy, all got together at an inn and conspired to kill the king in parliament. Guy Fawkes is not the original person who came up with this. Robert uh, Catsby is, and I did not know that. I learned something new. They were all, and I just want to get this point across really quickly now. They're all radical Catholics. So this does not reflect all Catholics in England. This does not reflect... Catholics globally. This is a radical group that started to, that believed that this was the way to achieve tolerance. After the original five, there are eight more that end up joining in on the fun. The day before parliament was supposed to blow up, a mystery letter gets sent to some Catholics telling them not to go to the the opening so the day before parliament is supposed to blow up a mysterious letter makes its rounds through the catholic community saying don't go you know there's always those memes like hey don't go there fam it's going to be dangerous well this was a case of that one of them ended up alerting the royal guard this is where things get kind of complicated in history there are some who say the letters legit. There are some that say the king already knew about the plot and just needed a scapegoat in order to punish the Catholics more and to arrest them. So the origins of the letter is kind of wrapped um, even in mystery today. 
So once the letter appears, though, the King's Guard searches the entire basement for any explosives, and that's where they find Guy Fawkes ready to light the match. There's also shootouts throughout England as well, trying to get the remaining, um, the remaining handful of people. Robert Cassidy is killed. He bleeds out. Um, and some others who aren't killed during the shootout are arrested and they hang with uh, Guy Fawkes. The rest of the plan was for Middle England to rise up. So the Catholics would raise a peasant revolt. King James would die. The Catholic revolt would happen and all would be restored. However, the story does not go that way, naturally. They hold Guy Fawkes in the London Tower. They torture him by the king's will. And he doesn't give anything up. He doesn't blame God for the reason that this doesn't take place. He blames Satan for it. It's Satan's fault that the king is still alive. November 6th, they actually open up Parliament. The parliamentarian, the, everyone's there and they're saying, this was a travesty and thank God we are saved. This is our thanks day. Let us take a day to thank God for keeping the king alive, keeping parliament alive. There's an interesting dialogue on should we actually memorialize these people or should we toss them aside? And they choose to embrace it, but not for the right reasons later on. So they hang Guy Fawkes. They hang the other people who are not killed in the shootouts. Over time, Guy Fawkes himself changes. So we saw it in V from Detta, it's used for um, political freedom, political tolerance. Historians had made the case that Guy Fawkes kind of changes every generation to meet a new issue that's plaguing them. That's why people like Anonymous use them and other organizations do. After Guy Fawkes is hung, on November 5th, they call it Bonfire Day, Thanks Day. It's also used as an anti-Catholic day. So people would get the Pope, they would make up a little Pope, they would hang him, they would burn the Pope as well. Kiddos would carry around a little Guy Fawkes and ask for a penny from different neighbors, kind of like trick-or-treating, but for money. The colonies also practiced this as well, which is the United States into the early, until the mid 19th century, I believe. And then the, it kind of disappears for a little bit. It reemerges later on, but for different reasons. In England has now gone from hanging the Pope to just lighting off fireworks, lighting a bonfire. Children still participate, but they don't have a little, they have a little guy that resembles Guy Fawkes or a little person, um, but they still go around asking for pennies. Before I turn this over to our guests and our hosts, I just, I want to emphasize this. No one here at Operation History condones acts of terrorism or religious intolerance. This is all part of history, things that we have to kind of look at, we have to examine, um, and there are acts like this throughout history. So we're, we're using this as a learning opportunity. We do not condone any of the actions that Guy Fawkes took, or conspirators, or what the British, what the English government did to persecute other people. So, on that cheerful note, the floor is now open for everyone else. 
listen, I'm not saying I condone Terry. I'm not saying that he was right. I'm just saying I understand. Shut up, Derek. <laughs> I was raised Catholic. I fucking hate Oliver Cromwell. I work somewhere that puts people like Oliver Cromwell on a pedestal. And then he did that thing in Ireland that we never talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, th this this same type of sentiment really never died out. It just kind of transferred between two different two different groups. From it went from oh yes, you know, the Protestants and Catholics within England, and then it just shifted over a little bit of ocean to the Catholics in Ireland and the Protestants and all that, and, and even over fighting here. over there too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, yeah, you know, this This has been a long, long problem that has been going on for quite a while and still exists today. I think it mainly, and I could be wrong, but it does, I feel like it doesn't exist as much here as it does. We have religious intolerance, but I think we have religious intolerance in different ways. I don't think the battle is between Catholics and Protestants like it is in other places or like we see in this era. Because during this era, because this is right, you know, this is like the, the, the culmination of the Protestant Reformation is what you see in England. And England became this catalyst hotbed for these two uh, view, views on Christianity to battle it out. And it's something like this that ends up happening when two opposing sides conflict as much as they did especially well, when you have the back and forth because you had switching monarchs who believed in different stuff yes lauren so you have to also keep it like here in um new england and in the new world in england um british um america we have to keep in mind that must be colonists were hanging quakers oh yeah I'm, and, I'm not saying I meant like today. We have literally. Oh, okay, I mean, okay, I was gonna, okay. even even Hopefully given that, things. that's also still kind of eh, because even people, there was a slight um, kickback over in the 1960s when uh, Kennedy was running for yes. president yep. because he was Catholic. Um, people were like we're not ready for a catholic president and that was just like oh, oh oh we're doing that um and a much much smaller but still slightly present um kind of wariness of joe biden because of the catholic nature yep. just kind of like ooh i don't know so there there's there's still religious intolerance still, yeah. so um what I find very interesting over this whole the gunpowder plot is the way, like uh, David was saying, how it's represented in like festivals, <laughs> like you go and burn an effigy of Guy Fox. Like this, this is the interesting way that they commemorate this. I just think it would be really interesting if like the U.S. did something similar, like one of the different coup d'etats that has tried to exist in the united states was just celebrated that openly by just like running someone down pennsylvania avenue and dressed in like some like whatever clothing whatever uh there was multiple different coup attempts of the united states you could have like the the the, the oil tycoons that tried to run the united states as a fascist uh overthrow they 
just parade a bunch of people lathered in oil down Pennsylvania Avenue or something like just just thinking of something that silly just instantly goes oh my gosh why would we still have that but that is such an ingrained thing that yeah well, the, the poem to this day is still known you so just you can... gave me a completely different nightmare thank you though it's not the same at all but even recently the um acts of tearing down statues of Columbus and what we were talking about with Dr. Benziger last week of the Stalin statues being ripped down. It's not necessarily the same as effigies going through, say, like Pennsylvania Avenue, like you said, Derek, but um, we definitely have echoes of something similar, but like similar to like, well, you lost or some people don't think that they lost and they still do things. Hold on, let me give you an intro. <laughs> So the reason why I'm forcing my roommate to be part of this is because he works with me in 17th century living history museum, um, where we really focus on this time period of British America, especially, but also just the Puritan and this entire struggle that's really happening. So Ethan's going to go and ramble for a bit. No, I just, I just wanted to, because like, the lead up to this is 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 because like Maria said earlier, it is switching monarchs because honestly, by this point, by by 1605, England is has not the Church of England has not actually been around for very long. It's been less than a hundred years. Because it's Henry, it starts with Henry VIII in uh, early it's it's like 1530s or something like that. Um, yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh somewhere around there that I mean, there's the whole bit about him wanting to divorce his wife, and then the Pope says no, and he says, Well screw you, I'm going to make my own church, which is a vastly simplified version of what happens, but it basically boils down to that. And, and, and so, but like, the thing is that the Church of England, as it is originally conceived, is basically just a carbon copy of the Catholic Church. So it really isn't that different. And like, it changes a little bit under Edward, I think is next. And then Mary basically is just like, at that point, it's only been a little while that they've even had a Church of England. It's like, all right, we're going back to thousand. And for the people... The common people living in England, Catholicism is what has been the norm, has been the standard for literally hundreds of years. So it's like, okay, we're going back to this thing. Okay, cool. So when Elizabeth comes around, it's like, well, actually, we're going to go back to the Church of England. It's going to be slightly different. And then when James takes the throne and is like, all right, we're going to make this really different that for a lot of people it strikes a chord because it's like well hang on a second catholicism like that is that is the norm that's the standard which is why there is this tension that's why there is this um kind of this because for for just the common people it's just like okay so we're the, we're, we're, the cat, we're, we're, we're we're different church now okay but now we're this and now we're that again it's like what's going on i think it's also important to note james as a king in general is incredibly significant because he is not of the same line as previous monarchs had been. He was uh, king of Scotland before him. And so there is, I, I, I don't have a good source in this, but I am going off of echoes of memory here, but I'm seeming to remember that I, uh, Scotland was always more Catholic than England was, but don't quote me on that actually. Um, that might be incorrect. Guess what, they no, had a major Protestant Re Reformation during the same time. Okay. Cool. Yes. But at any rate, so so but at any rate, he's Scottish, which automatically for an English person is like, hmm, hmm, hmm. 
Mm, but he's Scottish though. So is he English? Because England, I mean, that is kind of Scotland, but it's not the same. And the Scottish are like, it's not England. And they're like, mm, but it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. And Tom was like, we're not English. Not not to step on your toes, not to step on your toes, Ethan. But what you're saying is exactly true for those for those people at home who don't know how King James even came to the throne of England. His mother Mary was Elizabeth's biggest rival, and she claimed that she had a stake in the throne that was more legitimate that she was more of a legitimate heir than Elizabeth was. So her Elizabeth and Mary, Queen of Scots, kind of dueled it out their whole life over legitimate claims to the throne. And Elizabeth actually had Mary beheaded, but like the day before it was noted that Elizabeth paid Mary a visit. And it was one of those things like, hey, I'm condemning you to death and you're probably right. You probably are the legitimate heir. So what I'm going to do is after I kill you, when I die, I'll make your son king. So people were already kind of like, Oh, you're Scottish and you're Mary's son? Like, mm, we really liked Elizabeth, though. So sorry. Yeah, but that's... It's, it's, oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it, it's genuinely seen from... If you look from a average peasant of England at this point, it is like a new change in management. It's someone new just comes in that had just been fired before. It's like the son of the person who'd been fired before, and you're just walking in going, why do we have this person in charge now? And they're just continuing the bad policies. You know what? I'm going to quit right now. It's that, it's that mindset of, I need to change something. I guess I'll just put a bunch of gunpowder underneath my boss's office. That's it's, practically what happened there. I was gonna <laughs> no, say, and then the workers out there, please born, don't put gunpowder <laughs> under your boss's chair. Please don't do that. People at home, gunpowder is bad underneath boss's chairs. Again, like like David said earlier, uh, acts of terrorism are not condoned by this podcast. Um, it is condoned by my cat, though. So, but she can't speak English or any human languages, so she has a cat. But I, I just really find this interesting because this is an instance wherein Catholic rising up against what they view as a far too Protestant, far too Protestant form of, of, of government and of church, wherein at the exact same time you have a separate group of, of, of individuals, separate field of people who are all like complete opposite end of the spectrum of like the Church of England is way too Catholic, didn't go far enough. Um, the, and that, that develops into the Puritans and the separatists that eventually most of them end up coming to Americas and some of them stick around and there's a little civil war later on. That's, that's, a, whole that's, a, whole that's a whole long thing. A little um, civil war? <laughs> a little civil war. Either. Just a little tiny one. Nothing bad happened. No one got beheaded or nothing. <laughs> it's a joke. It's a joke. I know these things, I swear. <laughs> But it is funny because, like, as as much as it's easy to like take oh, like burning effigies and put things like like burning effigies of like Guy Fox and of like other other individuals, like oh man, like that that's that's really awful. And I mean, like, and you you couldn't put that into today, today's context, like like Eric is, was saying earlier, like you couldn't have people like you know, and just completely covered in oil in like oil tycoon outfits running down Pennsylvania Avenue. Like you couldn't have that. I mean, you could. I would People love would that. Do it, but like, you couldn't like set things on fire. You couldn't set them on fire. You don't set people on fire. 
the 17th century English worldview and just the 17th century worldview for a lot of different cultures, far more violent than today, far more violent. Like head, head on a pike is just like, yeah, that's just like, that's just London Bridge. So like, honestly, burning an effigy of someone is like pretty tame, all things considered. Well, at one point, and this is something, uh, there's a, uh, I, at my school, we offer a uh, rev revolutionary America class. And when I was in that class, that particular professor uh, loved to talk about effigy burnings because they were quite common during the revolution. And one of the things he taught about it that always stuck with me was because a lot of these people didn't have the right to vote, this is their kind of version of political unrest, political protest, because they don't, they don't have the opportunity to take it to the poll. So the idea of taking an effigy and putting it on a stick and burning it, like it's, it's wild and it's violent to us, but to them, that's a political statement of their time saying like, Hey, I don't condone this. I am, you know, I am upset. I'm going to show you I'm upset. Here's my visit, my physical display. By burning an effigy of the Pope. Woo! I mean, hey, oh, like, <laughs> I was raised Catholic. Sorry, I, so was I. And and I think like as I was reading this, I'm like, people just sat there and just made the Pope hung him and then burned him. Like, I, it's just regular Tuesday. Well, this is what we do on Tuesdays, you hey. know. And yeah. it was just the way that it's used and the way that this was turned from an act of trying to overthrow a government into an act of pro-government is a thing that I took away from this more than anything was how England was able to, this was bad, but you know what? God saved us. This means that King James is the righteous ruler of England. That Protestantism is, the Church of England is in theory correct, which leads to the whole Civil War thing later. Sort of, kind of, but. And it's really interesting because that is absolutely like, that is, in many ways, turning Guy Fox into this celebration of the, the victory over that is a way, because the thing is, is that with, with the common folk, you can make logical arguments to a common peasant person that are like, okay, but it's not really going to do it for them. What's going to do it for them is if you like make it a whole like party, like, 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 oh yeah, like totally. Like we, we beat this guy. Let's, let's have a bonfire. Let's have a celebration. Let's go. Everyone's like, okay, bust out the, bust out the wax effigies, the, the wax effigies and the baked goods, I guess. We're, we're having a party because who doesn't like a good party? I like a good party. It means less time that you're like having to do work. your other slave labor, you're basically, <laughs> but yeah. not actual slavery, unless you were a slave, which did in Missouri. But anyway. you know, actually, that, that brings up a really good point because there there are it, it does really nail down a sense of national identity. It it brings the peasant people in like direct saying with the king of the king lived. That means we get a day to party, and that that kind of it, it forms that national identity in the same way that like here in. Uh, where we are, we have the the Gatsby Day parade, and then you know we burn a freaking boat. So I mean, yeah. it's it's very similar to the 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 same thing because it both gives heritage and kind of a shared identity, and both enforce the people who are in charge at that point. Right. 
what we did was right. Look at the party that we're throwing. We're literally Fourth burning the people that we don't like. I, I feel like in my own personal observations, I've noticed that when, when, when people go through trauma throughout history, um, now and just in, in general history, when people go through traumatic events or when people go through hard times, um, following that up with some form of celebration is so important to mm. maintain cohesion. Because if, 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 something, if something happens as a traumatic event to a group of people, that will bond you. That will bond them together. I mean, you could say the same thing about like things like 9-11. Um, you could say the same thing about like Boston Marathon bombing. There are terroristic events that have happened today that it's the same thing that happens. I mean, it's it's something happens, and because that is it, it is a, a, a it bonds people together. Unity through struggle. Exactly, yeah. And by turning Guy Fox into a celebration, that just only serves to strengthen that even further, because now you've take, taken this potentially traumatic event, but also taking it so that the Catholics that do still exist in England have far, far, far less power, because we've just basically made this national holiday that says, ha ha ha, Catholics suck. So like, if you're a Catholic, you're like, oh, okay, I guess I'm just not going to talk about that anymore. It's just to further... It really shows you where you stand if you're a Catholic. Yeah. In the eyes, in the eyes of the British government, in the eyes of, you know, British nationality. I don't know how Catholic friendly England is today. Yeah, yeah, eh, I don't know. I mean, I know that, I mean, I know that the Church of England still reigns supreme and dominant and that, you know, Protestantism is one of the biggest religions, but the Catholics um, ever made a comeback. Catholics got fully emancipated back into <laughs> British society. This sounds so weird to say in the 19th century, fully. So they're they're allowed to practice. They are tolerated to you know at least by the government now. But everyday life, I'm I don't know. I did not go that much down the rabbit hole. That would be a big rabbit hole to go down. It's so mm-hmm. it's so big and so windy and so dark. I live in there. Plus, to be honest, I'm not actually even sure how much how much power amongst like the general populace that the church has nowadays. Uh, yeah, but that's a that's a whole other thing. So again, it's a different topic. Yay, bonfires! Mm-hmm. They're so much fun. One interesting thing that I found in my research: there's controversy over the naming Guy Fawkes Day amongst historians. There are some historians who believe it should be called uh, Robert uh, Catsby. Some historians believe it should be called Robert Catsby Day instead of Guy Fawkes Day because Robert Catsby is the one who actually organized and planned said bombing. But Guy Fawkes is the one that carried it out. So I think that's where that debate is. Mm. But interesting fact, I didn't know that. And then uh, I learned about it. Yeah, no, I, 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 I was definitely aware that like Guy Fox is like, he definitely played a part, but was not like, this is not like Guy Fox is just like mastermind that I have made it the most glorious plan to destroy the English government by blowing up parliament. But like, 
at this point, I feel like we're 400 years, basically 400 years out from when this was happening. Over 400 years, actually. At this point, if you have 400 years of a tradition, not to say it's impossible to break that. Because, of course, it's, it, it is possible to break tradition. Sometimes tradition should be. But at this point, it's like, it is, I, I, I think, honestly, it is important to know the context of that. That's definitely where the other conspirators in the minds actually are the actually behind this plane coming. As far as actually renaming the day goes at this point, you, uh, you could just call it bonfire night, which I know some people do just call it like bonfire, like like 5th of November, or even just 5th of November. It's like how many people call 4th of July Independence Day? It's like some people do. It's July and everyone knows what you mean. As far as like what the holiday is named, I don't know that it really matters a huge amount Guy Fox whether or not I almost think it like it is important to keep a Guy Fox because that's what it's known as and like they're burning effigies mostly of like Guy Fox history as fallen. Yeah. No, I think it's it's an interesting thought because yeah Fox wasn't the one who actually came up with the plan, but he's in the end, he was the one sitting there with the match and, you know, literally red-handed, sitting there with a bunch of gunpowder going, it's not what it looks like. Come on. Yeah, right. I, I'm, I'm just, just here to set off some fireworks. Come on. <laughs> like, fireworks there, there, there was not really much hope for the man by that point. But the point being, there were other conspirators, so isn't necessarily right to just call it Guy Fox Day, but he's also the one that sold out the majority of them while he was being tortured. So, I mean, on the other this hand, is, yeah. This is not day. the keg of gunpowder you're looking for. Yeah, literally. Pay no attention to the gunpowder behind the curtain. Hey, do you guys, look, there's the king right there. Go get him. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, kids. Anything else to add? Um, I mean, the only other thing I have in here is just it was an excuse for the government to persecute Catholics. They couldn't vote. Mm -hmm. They couldn't serve in the community. They couldn't serve in the military um, until they were re-emancipated back in society. So, yeah, James got James got his toll value out of this event in order to make his own dreams, goals, policies, whatever. towards Catholics come more to life. Catholics got got. I don't know if you said this before. I, I could have been checked out. And if, whatever happened to the others? Did they all, like, once James ratted them out, did they, they got, all, like, they, yeah, they, they all. They got hung. Yeah. Like, no. Did, did you some, say that some, before? I did. Well, I mean, some, of, right, them got, some of them got quartered, too. Some did get drawn and quartered. Oh, it's a fun party game. Oh, so. Yeah, whatever yes, to our listeners, if you are above the age of 17, if you look up drawn and quartered, you will find out exactly what we're talking about. Not However, fun. it's very gruesome and I don't recommend it. So if you're into that stuff, great. If you can live without it, then you can live without it. But there were some that were drawn and quartered. Trust I'm pretty me, sure. Live without it. Drawn and quartered is when is when they'd hand them a bunch of like 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 uh like a piece of paper and then they'd have to like draw on it and then they stack a bunch of quarters on them. Yeah, hundred percent. That's the drawn and quartered I'm talking about. That's all I got. Is there anything else from our guests or our hosts? Just that I love you.
The silence is deafening. Thank you. <laughs> we, we all like did parts, but you're right. Silence is deafening. I love you too, Lauren. Thank you. And I love you I all guess too. you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We appreciate all of our listeners and the support that we have received. A special shout out to Ethan for letting me chain him to the couch for an hour so that he can talk to us about the 17th century. Thanks, Ethan. You're welcome, Lauren. Thank you. Please rate, download, review, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. It's a small and simple thing that you can do to help our show in a big way. If you'd like to interact with us, we would love to hear from you. And there are so many ways that you can hang out with us. You can reach us out on Twitter at Operation Hist. That's Operation H-I-S-T. It's very active. You'll see me on there. Please come hang out. You can also shoot us an email at our Gmail, Operation History Podcast at gmail.com, where you can give us any reviews, comments, um, commentary, or you can suggest a topic. You can also find us at our website. It is operationhistorypodcast.wordpress.com. All of our sources and show notes from this episode will be uploaded as the episode airs or within a few days. You have to give me a second. Uh, Once again, this is Operation History, and we are signing off. history has no association with any of the institutions or organizations mentioned in this podcast. The views and expressions of the hosts and guests are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent any academic institutions, organizations, or companies that they currently work for or attend or that they have previously worked for or attended in the past. Thanks for listening and tune in next time for Operation History. Okay, but before we get started, Maria, I have a joke for you. Let's hear it. What did the king say when he learned of the gunpowder plot? What? Oh, fuck that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. I cannot. I I gotta take a second for that. Uh, He has turned around. (laughs) I thought you were going to make a Che joke in reference to the the teaser that we left that, that we put out in the Twitterverse. Oh my gosh. Let's just go. Let's just get in. Let's just get into it. <laughs> all right, Maria. Sky Queen. It's all you. I look so short right now. I know. I am so Yeah, you're so Was there anything else we wanted to hit on? Um, You. Hey, babe. How's it going? I'm doing well. How are you doing? <laughs> I think Derek's soul just left his body. I think it's been gone for eons, actually. But it, it can't. And and Dave is just questioning all of his life choices up until this point. Not all of them. There's there are some good ones. <laughs> There's so. at least one left. Yeah. <laughs>